This is Thoughts from the Metal Cavern, where only one opinion matters, and it's not yours. G'day there. How's your day been? Yeah, mine's probably been the same. But seeing as you have bothered to go to your podcast provider and choose this podcast to listen to, I guess I'd better expand on the day at hand. So this is what I've found interesting in the last day or so. This is the Almanac Report on Thoughts from the Metal Cavern. G'day there and thanks once again for taking some time out of your day to listen to me ramble on about things that basically interest no one except myself. Earlier today, and this being Wednesday, New Zealand Cricket announced that they had released Trent Bolt from his central New Zealand contract following some weeks of negotiations, in, ostensibly in order to spend more time with his wife and young family, but will all, which will also give him the ability to play more T20 league cricket around the world without having to be burdened by that pesky international cricket that his contract would have tied him to. A contract that you suspect would have earned him a lot less money for more time on the cricket field than playing in a few choice T20 competitions around the world will do. Now, firstly, let me just say this. Everybody just calm down. It's almost as if cricket has irrevocably changed forever by this one announcement. It was amazing the feedback that was coming from the you know the sports and cricket sites today. It was basically they all coming out saying that this will lead to a flood of players abandoning international cricket with their countries in the chase for the easy money on the T20 circuit. Now let me say from the outset that I don't believe this will be the case, and recent history tends to support that. Of course, <laughs> that could all change. Or, I could be horribly wrong, and both of those things have occurred many times in the past. But just let me get through to the end of this little bit before you barbecue me on that as well. The big thing about Bolt not having a central contract with New Zealand is that they can still pick him to play for New Zealand. And in fact, if New Zealand truly want to win the T20 World Cup, you suspect that he has to be in that side come October and November of this year. And he obviously has the desire to continue to play for New Zealand. But he wants to do it on his terms, more or less allowing himself to choose his own availability. Of course, it's then up to the selectors and the board as to how they progress with that down the track. Just because he doesn't have a contract doesn't mean he can't be chosen for New Zealand. It's just like in Australia. Not everyone gets a central contract with Cricket Australia. At the moment, I think it's 17 or 18 people. But if form demands it, a player will be chosen for the national team anyway. As in Scott Boland last year. And look what happened to him. Now, New Zealand cricketers, and I suspect this is the case without any actual proof, do not earn as much as Australian or English or Indian cricketers. Now, players such as uh, Dave Warner, uh, Kawaja Smith, and even Glenn Maxwell 
continue to earn amazing money on their Cricket Australia contracts, such that they don't feel as though they have to rush off to the riches of the T20 leagues to top up their superannuation. Not at this point. Now, Warner and Kawaja are still playing for Australia at the age of 36. Warner's playing in all three forms of the game. And there's no reason why Kawaja couldn't, or that Smith couldn't, or Maxwell couldn't. But the result of Bolt doing this does open up the possibility of countries who do not have the riches that those three main countries have to offer their players could be at a possibility of losing their best players to these opportunities in T20 leagues if the money's there for them. Now, uh, Bolt is in high demand in T20 cricket at the moment. His record over the last couple of years has skyrocketed. And as a fast bowler rather than a batsman, in the case of the four Australians I've just mentioned, his body's prone to more injuries than batsmen. So he has a time frame within which he can earn big dollars while he is still at the peak of form and fitness. Now, that may be another two years. It may be four years. But at the age of 33, there is a certain time frame on that. And whatever it is, he can earn more money playing T20 domestic cricket competitions than he can probably playing tests and ODIs for New Zealand for also far less collateral on his body. If you're only bowling a maximum of four overs a match rather than 10 overs a match in an ODI or up to 40 overs in a whole test match. Now, most importantly, he's been a great servant of New Zealand cricket. He helped to get them to two ODI World Cup finals. He helped get them to a T20 World Cup final. And he helped them win the World Test Championship title last year. Now, in the 12 months since all of that, New Zealand cricket has seen the retirements of Ross Taylor and BJ Watling. And there's a changing of the guard in progress. Having lost, or having already lost, the experience of those two players, no doubt the loss of Bolt as well will make some Kiwis very nervous for the next 12 months. But their bowling stocks are still strong. They've still got Southey, Wagner, Henry and Jamison in the front line. And they've got some young kids beginning to make their way through as well. And Bolt has missed cricket at different times over the last two years due to requiring a rest or through injury. He's a loss, there's no doubt about that. If the selectors choose not to select him because of these new circumstances, there's no doubt that New Zealand can still survive without him. The fear continues to be that players in their prime will choose to give up international cricket in order to chase the riches of the T20 world circuit. And that's still a prevalent case to consider going forward. In the West Indies, this occurred a number of years ago with high-profile cricketers such as Chris Gale, uh, Kyron Pollard, Dwayne Bravo, Andre Russell and Sonal Narine, amongst others, looking for the greater riches of these T20 tournaments than what the Caribbean Cricket Board could offer them for their services. As a result, the West Indies forged on without those stars. They actually not 
cut them loose as such, but more or less said, well, we need to start looking in a different direction. And they started to put together a squad of young players who had the desire to represent their team in international cricket. And through this, two things occurred. Firstly, new stars emerged in the form of players such as Shimra and Hetmeyer, uh, Nicholas Peran, Jason Holder, Alzari Joseph, Craig Brathwaite, Jermaine Blackwood and Kumar Roach. Secondly, they started winning cricket series again in all forms of the game, but most pleasingly in the Test Arena. Now, in a similar way, South Africa are having the same conversation. Over the last few years, they've lost players to England over the Colpac laws, which have only just been tightened up. And in recent times, their captain, Faf Duplessis, retired at a time when he was still one of their best in order to reap the rewards of the T20 circuit. But in their place, there have been new, young and exciting cricketers have come in and they're beginning to make their mark. And for me, honestly, perhaps this is where world cricket can actually gain rather than lose and panic about players deciding to forego international cricket. Now, if cricket is in their mid to late 20s, with years left of their career ahead of them, start to refuse contracts with their country in order to play just the T20 circuit, then that would be a case for concern. But as in the case of both Bolt and Duplessis in this instance, it is players who have played for their country for over a decade and are moving into their mid-30s. It's like it's a bit like doing the gardening and cutting back your plants and trees in your garden. Getting rid of the dead wood or the parts of those plants that are sprawling but unhealthy. By pruning back those plants, there's an initial ugly look about them, but they eventually come back with new growth and look healthier than ever, and begin to grow again. And that is what a situation like Trent Bolt could be used as. He has been a great servant for New Zealand cricket, but New Zealand cricket is starting to wane just a little bit after the highs of the last two years. Bolt's decision immediately looks like being a huge blow for New Zealand cricket. But it gives those young kids back in first-class cricket the opportunity to fight for a place in the international team. Now, it might take six months for a real contender to come through, but that competition to take Bolt's spot is now a real one. The spot is there to be taken. Whereas if he was still playing, that spot would probably be blocked for another two years or so. And perhaps the real competition behind him wouldn't really occur because they are resigned to him always being chosen. International cricket will continue to thrive as long as there are players coming through whose desire is to represent their country and to to succeed for their country. I mean, that's how all kids start out. It's how you and I started out. They don't start playing cricket to be rich by playing in it for a T20 province overseas and being paid hundreds of thousands of dollars for a few weeks' work. They want to play for their country and they want to win. As long as that remains, international cricket has nothing to worry about. Trent Bolt had that desire. And for 12 years, he did it with honour 
and great success for his country. Now he wants to spend more time with his family and still be able to provide for his family. His decision, at his age and with his history, should be applauded, not decried. He leaves international cricket with his country in good hands, and having been a major part of building that, he deserves to go out with that goodwill. When we see the discussions that have occurred over the last 24 hours or so in regards to uh, top flight cricketers leaving international cricket to play T20 cricket, the major problem for world cricket would be the best players from the growing cricket nations, such as Bangladesh, Afghanistan and Ireland, leaving the international game in order to chase the T20 cash. Now, so far that has not occurred, as all of those players are basically subsidising the international cricket by playing in the IPL and the other T20 tournaments around the world. Obviously, Rashid Khan is the best example of that. And for the most part, they appear excited to play international cricket and that they want more international cricket, not less. So perhaps the greatest danger here is that these countries don't get enough exposure to test and one-day cricket for their country. And that this is what needs to increase for them to, for, to be able to keep them in the game for their country. For instance, if Afghanistan and Ireland are not offered more opportunities to play test and ODI cricket against the major nations, what is keeping their players from becoming specialist T20 cricketers to earn their living? This is something that I believe needs to be considered by the ICC going forward. And my, my main point about this is that if you look at Australia, for instance, with David Warner, Usman Khawaja, eventually Maxwell, Smith, and those kind of players, they continue to play for Australia for a very long time. And as I said, Warner, Khawaja, both 36 years of age. Now, when they decide they're going to retire from international cricket, they will still be able to go out and play these T20 international um competitions and earn more money after that but they're still playing for Australia to a very great age the problem with the growing nations is that if there isn't test cricket there for Afghanistan to entice Rashid Khan to continue to try and play for his country then what's to stop him from retiring from international cricket and just continuing to play these T20 tournaments at a very young age he's still only 24 years of age Mujibul Rahman and, and those kind of players, even someone like Sandeep Lamachani for Nepal. Now, there's no time soon that they're going to become a test nation. But the, the idea is you need to get these countries more exposure to international cricket because the cricketers who are coming through who have already shown that they're terrific on the international stage in these T20 domestic tournaments they want to play international cricket against the other great nations in a World Cup, in World Cups all over the place. But if we don't increase international cricket for those teams, then those players are going to get to the point where they see, why bother? That's all for today's edition 
of the Almanac Report. Thanks for tuning in, and I hope you'll come back and check out further episodes down the track, right here on the podcast, Thoughts for the Metal Cabin. You have been listening to a Metal Cavern production.